Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. y'all at the beginning of summer that I was going to have a hard time sitting down indoors recording and editing episodes when the sun was out and I was right and not only that but life got crazy shit got crazy this summer but here we are we're back we made it I'll always come back I have some very exciting news to share I bought a real microphone one that actually works on my computer. I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is the sound quality is great. The bad news is this episode was not recorded with that microphone. So bear with me, bear with us. The sound quality on this episode is a little sus, but it's not too bad. And moving forward, it's going to be fire. You won't be able to believe it. And I have some very exciting episodes for you guys starting right now. My guest today is Regina Kaiser. She is the owner of Veracis Meditation, which was a physical location in Port Moody that was a monumental part of my spiritual journey, my personal development journey, and my exploration into my own meditation practice. And it's now a online meditation community and resource. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation all about meditation, enlightenment, and life and other shit. Welcome, Regina. Veracis Wellness was a meditation center that had a physical location that I started, you know, in 2000. It was from home base. Then in 2003, I was in Port, like uh, on St. John Street, and then the final big center on Moody Street. So we were there about 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, And um, interestingly, when this when the COVID started, it was like sort of March here. I closed it down like everybody else did for two weeks. You know, we're going to see what happens. And in that two weeks, it was time to reflect, but also launch the Zoom classes. So I did both. I also, as an intuitive, which is a result of my meditation practice for me, it, it brought me closer inward and it became very clear, you need to close now and you need to go online. Mm. And so um, then came that, that process of, well, hmm, that's a pretty big decision, but I trusted it. And I um, closed the physical center when you, you couldn't even sell anything. It was kind of crazy, but you know what? Marketplace was very friendly. Everything got sold off, and I moved things into our house that I didn't sell or give away. And I started my little Zoom classes. I, I went online, and I started an online platform. So all this is changing. Um, I'm also working with the current students that I had in the middle of courses, right? How do we continue these? How do I continue supporting them? What's going on? And in the back of your head, you're just thinking, oh, it's 
maybe it's going to end sooner, but I knew, I knew because I also had a dream, and in the dream it was very clear this is this is a long haul for for me personally to remove myself and allow things to unfold. Mm. And in that process, I said okay, so we're going online, and it was met with people just overjoyed that there was still something. Yeah. Okay, so online meditation isn't new. And I thought, oh, goodness, how is this going to work? We have bazillions of um, classes you can click and go to. But when you meet people like you have met in your work, you, you, you build a relationship with them, and there's something more that they are, are looking for versus just a recorded class. Yeah. And so it was important to me to maintain virtual classes alongside recorded classes. So a place to connect with, sort of like we're doing now, and we can have a conversation um, and we can grow together. So I packed, I packed it all up at home, and then I took this digital marketing boot camp online because basically, well, I had to launch an online business. And in the middle of this, this course, which was so incredibly challenging for me because I'm more spiritual-based than this intellectual little tidbits, I thought, oh, I need a break, and I looked online for homes here in the Caribou, and we'd been looking for about four years anyway. And so I saw this house that had been on the market for a, a month already, and went, hmm. So as a, you know, we took a break, drove up here five and a half hours, got out, looked at the house, thought, hmm, it's okay. Came home, two weeks later, we were putting in an offer. And then the ball was just a rolling, and now we're going, okay. So I'll bring this to understanding how meditation worked for me in trusting um, the process in making those life decisions. Those are huge life decisions. I lived in the other house for 27 years. Mm -hmm. I had a business. And all of a sudden, all these things are falling in, into my path. And they're not huge. There's a few obstacles, but it's falling into my path. And I'm simply trusting it. I'm trusting this is where I need to move to. I'm trusting I'm going to try to sell my house in the middle of COVID. It sold in three days. We had like more than 11 offers. Um, it just, everything was going just yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved here, there were certainly a lot of obstacles. Moving to the caribou in the winter is um, not advisable because of the amount of snow when you purchase a house um, lakeside on a, on a steep driveway. But it all sorted out. And you know what? So we moved in February. At the end of March, or just about a month after we moved, um, we heard that my daughter was going to have a child so we had already surrendered that we would likely not have girl grandchildren our kids had said the, this was the decision they made so she had not told anybody this At march 30th we were grandparents so we're standing in our new house what? boxes everywhere i seriously I, wow. like, and, and i remember just standing there like just anybody would be overjoyed with having trusted what i needed to do without knowing the reason why Mm. We always want to know why, and we want to know it's going to be the right one, of course. But this whole process was surrender and trust, all of these steps. And then everything is just starting to unfold. And even today, we're still up to our eyeballs in sorting out things, getting through our fires up here and the mm -hmm. evacuation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy smokes, literally. Yeah. But, you know, really, the, through it all is having this foundation of trust in believing your higher self that which really is just what you can connect with through meditating um and and you're cleared out all the fog and all the noise and the judgments and fears and doubts and uncertainties which we're continually bombarded with from other people 
as well as our own. And so the pandemic or COVID launched me in this whole different direction. We still offer retreats like you do. Um, that was important for me to maintain that human contact element. Yeah. Um, but those have also fallen under, you know, some strict guidelines on how do we make these happen and keep people safe. So we're sort of in recovery, like everyone, and just doing the best we can and trying to be like this hopeful light. Mm-hmm. Like you, right? You went with it. You just said, okay, I'm going outside. We're doing fitness outside all the time. Okay? Yeah, just pivot, pivot, pivot. Anytime there's a new obstacle, you just reevaluate and figure yeah. out what you can do. That's all we could. That's all we could do. It's been a very big lesson in being flexible and adaptable and just adaptable is a big word right it's like okay how can we do it differently how are we going to make this happen yeah you know and and through it too sometimes is understanding well is it time to surrender and let go yes that's another one is mm-hmm. it time to choose another path mm-hmm. the artist in me was also ignited in 2019 um and i really want to devote myself more to the canvas and i said okay there's only so much energy in a person's life to mm-hmm. put here, here, and here. And I I also still know I will continue working as a teacher because it just fuels my soul. It just fulfills something um, that is of value to myself. And I think I'll be doing that till the end of time, <laughs> my time in some way or shape or form. So it didn't feel like it was time to pack that one in totally and let it go. Yeah. Well, you should because you're such a good teacher and you impact so many people's lives. But I was, I was very like impressed, kind of interested by, it seemed like Pharisees, you had made that decision very quickly. Like a lot of people were just scrambling in the pandemic, unsure what to do. And you, I lived across the street at that time still. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's gone. Like that seemed like it happened so fast and you just made such a decisive, like such a quick decision, not a quick decision, but very decisive. Yeah. In, 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 if we look at such a, a big, like 20 years to build, mm-hmm. and it's been like overnight, I said, okay, we're done. I had to trust that. And I'm glad I did because, you know, with the guidelines, there wouldn't have been enough. You couldn't do it financially to have people yeah. in a classroom. The space physically wasn't big enough right. to allow like three people in a room um, with six foot distancing. And, and I just mm, I said it was, it was time. It was as if the universe said, it's time. It's time to move. You've got a granddaughter coming, but you don't know that yet. Okay. So all these little things, because she lives, my daughter lives here 45 minutes away. Oh, I was thinking you left the city and then you found out that you moved to her and didn't know. No, she lives up here. We moved here for us though. So she's, you know, still a fair distance away. And I'm like, this is just, it it is, yeah, we can almost call it divine intervention. Mm -hmm. And, And that element that you're talking about where this is going to be really fast to those watching, yeah. there would be a, an element of feeling abandoned even yeah. um, during this time of need of where can I go to? Uh, this is very important to me. It's the one thing that I really enjoy to keep me, you know, um, calm and peaceful and connected as a spirit. Um, and so I did do my best to, to reinforce that it's just a different way now that we're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And did you notice some people were really remarkably affected and others were hardly affected at all? By the For pandemic in general? In, yeah, by the whole thing. Yeah. It's like my life hasn't changed at all. I'm, I'm still at home and I'm doing, yeah. And others were, were just spinning because their life, their connections were just completely shattered. So, yeah. So, yeah. How did it feel for you saying, geez, she's gone. Like, what? What? 
Yeah, it was really surprising. And I, I had just done those workshops with you not too long before that. And I actually, when it first started, I was doing the online meditations with you and I, I quite liked it. I, I've never had a problem really adjusting to Zoom. I feel like because I was using it a little bit before the pandemic and I had gotten used to it and I just... I think it's, yeah. it's not the same, but I don't, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, some people are really opposed to trying to use Zoom and doing things virtually, but it, ne- it never bothered me. And I was just curious. I mean, I obviously I didn't know the backstory behind why the center was closed. And I also didn't know that it was there for so long because I only lived in Port Moody for a couple of years. And it was mm-hmm. just the craziest thing that across the street from where I was living was exactly what I needed in that time yeah. was that those workshops and it was like really honestly a big part of my kind of journey and my learning that I did with myself because I spent I think I did three different workshops there I think you did three courses so there are levels and courses so yeah you immersed yourself completely into it yeah um and that's that's really what the program so Verisys was built based on um many things but primarily it was meditation and that is a conscious meditation of a journey inwards and that is to begin within with yourself um, and to connect with your potentiality. That all sounds like words we hear all the time from people that are um, you know, speakers. But this journey that leads us here, like to take one or two classes here or there, or maybe one or two workshops, is usually what we're doing when we're starting out. We're dabbling. When you start committing yourself to a beginning and an end thing, it's the same with your work. When you devote yourself to even that weekend packed with mm-hmm. um, that intention, that will go further than just a randomness here and there to say this and that. So it kind of brings us to why Why do we find ourselves going to meditation? What is it that motivates us to go there? I really think inside us there is already some kind of a spark lit that there is something more to our existence that um, could even potentially become more, if that makes sense. So for me, my journey was one of um, having been raised very mainstream, very um, intellectually driven, Mm. you know, none of this woo-woo spiritual stuff. So we got to go way back here because that's over 25 years ago. There wasn't even internet, so we couldn't even go online to look up meditation, and we would just, I, 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 had to, I had to do something. And so I found myself at a crossroads in my life where I'd experienced several losses. So I, I now also know that often the individuals who make that commitment to themselves realize that there has been something that has happened in their lives that brings greater meaning to their purpose and their existence. And so for me, it was, how do I connect with this part of myself? I feel so lost. I felt so alone. Nobody could, I couldn't relate to anybody. And I still hear that today, even though we have the internet. So that tells me, oh, maybe that is part of our journey. Maybe we really need to feel kind of lost and alone. And we need to be able to find that connection with that person or that path or practice that really speaks to our heart and soul. And then we begin that real true journey while still collecting other parts Mm -hmm. to become more whole. I had to unpack just like you did. I had to unpack the stuff and transform it in order to connect with myself. Mm -hmm. And that, that required a teacher or teachers because when you close your eyes the first time, it's so noisy. Is so noisy, mm-hmm. or you fall asleep. Yeah, that's my <laughs> issue. At least I know why I'm falling asleep now. 
but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. And that's honestly the biggest reason why I started this investigation into my extreme fatigue and my sleep issues is like, I can't practice meditation. And that's like something that's so important to me. Mm. And I want to be able to dive deeper into it. And it's been so frustrating for me for so long, like since those courses that I did with you, like I would always be the one who missed the whole thing because I was asleep instantly. Um, always dozing off and just like not able to create the stillness that I was looking for. <clears throat> so I'm glad to figure that out and hopefully that will change. But I think it's important to share a story with people too, because you're not the only student that has come forward with this um, awareness. And um, I had another, uh, I had a teacher that's co-teaching with me and one of our students, he kept sort of doing the same thing, nodding off. And she noticed, she said, he wasn't breathing. She said, you stopped breathing mm. while you were in your meditation. And so, and you know, I do it myself. I actually shut down so much to stop breathing. And I also explored sleep apnea um, and, and the symptoms of it, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, right? Okay, so let's deal with this. How do I get through this? Um, this symptom, this physical symptom that's preventing me from enjoying my full, the fullness of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just meditation, but like so many things. It's very yeah. disruptive. If you don't get good sleep, like you just can't thrive the way that you no. might be able to if you're rested. So I know it, it's very interesting because I think I was told that one in 10 people have it. And as I start talking about it more and more, so many people oh, around no. me are like, oh, I think I have that actually. And like, oh, I yeah. might have that. So it's important to oh, talk yeah. about for sure, but such an obstacle to being able to meditate when I would yeah. just be real physical such, in such really. a deep sleep too. Like a lot of times I found that like people who are leading a meditation are like, it's okay if you fall asleep, you'll still get what you need. And I'm like, no, I'm like dreaming. I'm like out cold immediately. I'm like, don't wake up when it's over kind of sleep. <laughs> your, your little intuitive spidey senses are always saying, no, something, you already knew something's not quite right this mm-hmm. is not just me being fatigued yeah and it's not once in a while it's like the minute my eyes close any day of the week anytime I'm like gone oh. <laughs> well hopefully they'll get that resolved and get some oxygen to your brain at night so yeah. you get a good night I feel like I'm going to take over the world when I actually know what it feels like <laughs> you to be probably will. <laughs> everybody better watch out I'm sure you will because you'll have so much more energy in a different way yeah and, yeah I'm excited Um, it's so interesting because I wanted to talk to you just because I obviously love meditation and I loved the courses that I did at Pharisees and I was just interested in the Pharisees journey and everything that's all the changes that have been going on but everything Mm -hmm. that you're saying is resonating now I'm realizing as you're talking like in a whole new way because I spent the last two years almost like during this pandemic building my business up and I was living in Port Moody and I, um, that relationship ended and I ended up back in Vancouver and just gone through a lot of changes. And over the last six months or so, I've just been feeling like, like I was so, so happy professionally and doing really well. And I was just feeling like something was calling me to like make a change. Like I was mm. just like, mm, like, this is all going really well. It doesn't really make sense what I'm feeling. Like I just like something's got to change. Like I can't. I don't have any family in the city and a lot of my friends have moved on from the city and I was just almost feeling like I've been here almost 10 years and like, am I still fulfilled by Vancouver? Like what's going on? And so I just, I made the decision like five or six months ago that I was going to leave 
which mm-hmm. sounds crazy because people are like, what are you doing? You just built this business and like, you're doing well. And I'm like, I don't, I can't explain it to you, but I'm just like done here. And I feel like I want to take what I've built and put it online. And I know that I can still help like so many people and impact so many lives. And people are just, a lot of people just can't make sense of it. And now hearing your story, it's like, you, it's obviously possible. It might mm-hmm. not make sense to other people, but I'm like, this is what I need to do, and I know that there's a reason, and I don't know what it is yet. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to trust that, but you it's hard, but it's not hard. It's hard because the people around you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But you know with every cell in your being that this is what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I started doing the retreats, I was like, this work is the most fulfilling, like the biggest, like mm. nothing has lit me up, like leaving those weekend retreats and like – the feedback that I would get and the way that people would just like leave with a new like love for life and like a connection to themselves. I was like, this is like the best feeling in the world. This is what I want to be doing. Um, Like I love personal training. It's super fun. And I enjoy my sessions. My clients are all amazing. We have a great time, but it's just not the Mm. same feeling of like that connection, like in that instant kind of takeaway that people get from working on like personal development or mindset or like working on themselves internally is so different. Mm. So I'm like feeling like there's more for me. There's more work available to me. And like I I can have a better impact on the world focusing on that. And like the talking and the writing is like really where I feel like I give the most of myself Mm -hmm. and people seem to benefit and appreciate it the most. So it's so hard to walk away from the gym when I have a wait list for clients. I've just built all this stuff up and people are relying on me I had I have that same feeling of like now I'm abandoning these people like we just got through the pandemic together I have this incredible community of like almost 100 clients in the city with all Mm -hmm. the boot camps and everything and now I'm like okay guys I'm actually leaving the country so yeah yeah I know it it it, that and we'd be like hearing you say that is is just bringing back that decision and being like that's that's compassion and understanding that you're affecting others with your choice Mm-hmm. But you very much believe in yourself and trust yourself um, and know there is something, I'm going to say, different. And I'm going to say even more important trying to unfold. It's just not knowing what it is. And, and you know, in our linear world, it's it's really I make this choice so I could have this outcome so I can get this, you know, the whole goal setting um, journey. And, you know, we do kind of need visions and goals. But there's when this other intuitive side hits like that. I I think you're one of those rare people who is trusting it. And probably if we, you know, ask, you're probably going to hear a lot of people say, yeah, I did do that. I knew when it was time to leave this relationship. I knew when it was time to move over here or do this or do that. Um, despite other people's hesitancy and resistance to encourage me to do that. Um, and despite witnessing the people losing you, there's loss. Mm-hmm. So, and how do I support them mm-hmm. through that transition? Yeah. If I need to at all or want to at all. But yeah, that is good for you. Yeah, thank Two you. Two peas in a pod. Yeah, it is. It's They're very like parallel stories. When I hear you say it, I'm like, that's exactly now what I'm doing and what I'm going mm-hmm. through. And it is uncomfortable. It's like leaving a comfort zone. It's like leaving what I've grown <laughs> to be attached to. And like, I love the community that I've built, just like you loved your community. And it's, it's hard to feel like you're walking away from that, but I know like in my heart that I'm not walking away from it because yeah. I'm, 
I, I'm going to stay connected to them and I just think there's something bigger coming and I'm just not yes. exactly sure what it is yet. It is. It's, it is. And many, many, most of them do stay connected, even if they leave for a little bit to reconnect with themselves and what matters for themselves, which is also equally important. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, that meditation path is to begin within, to connect with yourself and your needs. And, and I check in to see, am I, you know, often giving away pieces of my soul so other people are happy? Um, that's usually one of the bigger ones that I see going on. So we sacrifice our own path because we see the need of another. And you're actually seeing that going, this needs to happen for me. It is not selfish. It is selfless. It is important that I pursue this for so many reasons I don't know yet. Yeah. Surrender. Surrender. During the first summer of the pandemic I read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer have you read that? I haven't oh. no but maybe I'll get it now have you read The Untethered Soul by him? no I didn't but I, I did read the cover <laughs> I don't read a lot of books it's so interesting you always ask me and books are so awesome because they link us to where we're at Yeah, um, I'm hoping to fit those in during my winter months yeah well you probably don't have a lot of spare time but people probably assume all the time that you've read all the Based you know, on spiritual. No, with all the writing I do, you think that it sounds like I've read a lot. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just trust and write like you do. I write, I just write from the heart. That's so interesting. Well, that was going to be my next question. I'm curious. Can you tell me like a bit about how you did get started with meditation and what your, where you've done all your learning and like what your journey mm. has looked like? Um. So we're going to go back to the '90s, and my start in meditation was inspired by um, a therapist that I was sitting with who was helping me sort out all the changes in my life and feeling lost, etc. And I was blessed enough because, ironically, I was looking for a therapist and um, I really wanted a suit, as we called it, right? I wanted a professional person to help me because I figured I was pretty messed up. Um, and you know what? I couldn't get one. No matter where I looked, where I looked for my doctor, it just wasn't happening. And anyway, I met this woman, and she was as down-to-earth and, in our terms back then, as granola and woo-woo as you could possibly get. And I thought, you know what? She's got space. I'm going to go, and I'm going to spend time with her. And I, I took this journey with her, and she was a catalyst in introducing me to basically what I already knew that I didn't have a chance to connect with just simply because of my linear upbringing. I was born so intuitive. I have always known things. I was just, I had all these other parts to me that the mainstream was not nurturing or feeding. And so part of what got me into that space of seeing a therapist was to recognize how clouded I had become, how full of heaviness, what do we call it, negativity, whatever you want to call it, I couldn't even see anymore. And so she introduced me to spirituality, um, my perspective of what it was. And just as soon as she started talking about that, I met people who then directed me to other teachers. So back then you would go into shared vision or these magazines because you didn't, again, and the internet wasn't around. Yeah. So you kind of had to go by word of mouth and find some. And some of the people that I studied were really out there for me and that's when I, I learned I 
I am not in a place right now to be doing some kind of like astral travel, things that are taking me away from my body. I need to get into my body to be grounded and present in my life. And so then I met um, a teacher who worked from his home and he introduced me with other students as well to this path inward and then I studied counseling and I studied all these things that kind of bundled it together because I said you know on this journey for me with this this very strong linear upbringing the mind responds to instructions and directions and with that in place then from there the rest could grow and so when you when you were with me when you because you you had already been meditating quite a bit and I said, I said, no, you have to take the power of awareness in order to take the other courses, mm-hmm. and which is like for us beginner. But in that course, when when you take it, you understand how to connect with yourself on an energy level, and also how to make these conscious separations and how to create spiritual boundaries in order to then continue to learn for yourself. Yeah. So I packaged it that way so that you got to get yourself in you know sort of you got to connect with yourself and be ready then to start learning all the other things because otherwise you're just drifting you're just losing your energy you get into relationships same relationship over and over again you know and and you're, you're frustrated or you you reach a point in your life where you realize you've lived your whole life for someone else which was a big part of mine um and realizing wait a minute i have my own life to live and how am I going to do that? What are those things? And spiritually, underneath that is that what you're talking about now. Is you're emerging into this new place because you've learned to believe in yourself and unpack and continue going back because it doesn't just end. I keep doing yeah. it. I come back to what is this? Why am I taking this personally? What is the cause of this pain? That's what the whole journey is. And to do it alone is a lot of work. But now I include some what we call like shamanic journeying and drumming in the full moon meditations and things. Mm. So I needed to get grounded and present and then go from there to make sure we are safe when we do this. Yeah. How did yeah. how did your journey move from like your just your own personal meditation practice and whatever else into business? Like what did that look like? That's a good one. Um, people were asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? You? I want some of that. Yeah, because I thought you were on drugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, <laughs> they saw the changes. Now, reflecting, just listening to you would be that they would have they would have quietly been witnessing and suffering alongside me. Right when you see a soul, um, so conflicted and so overwhelmed with life and just trying to find their way through. Um, I didn't have people coming and telling me what to do. Well, actually I did. They were, people were telling me what to do. It was like, that was just irritating because mm-hmm. it wasn't what I needed. But um, I also had clients from, I was doing um, healing massages, right? As a healer, I had oh. I ventured out into herbalism and, and healing work and intuitive reading. And from that, they're like, I feel good around you. Mm-hmm. I feel safe around you. That's when, again, it came through, you know, Take this beyond just yourself. Teach them how. And then, then it was like, oh, that's a big undertaking, right? Like we always say, oh, that's a huge undertaking. I don't know if I want to do that, but I've always trusted I did it. And that's when Veracis was born because then you go, well, what am I going to call this business? You know, marketing says, you know, put the word meditation in it or whatever it is. 
and I was getting such big no's. And finally, I just said, okay, I totally surrender. Here's this big old dictionary that I had, right, that's sitting so old. And I opened it, and I said, wherever my finger lands, it's going to be. It landed on veracis. And I'm going, first I thought it was voracious. And I'm going, I don't know if that's a really good name. But when I read what veracis meant, it was Latin. And it's the feminine for truthful. Anyway, that is why you are the word I want. Wow. And so I said, well, okay. It's a very unusual name. No one can pronounce it. They can never remember it. It's all of the no's in marketing. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's got to be that word. And so Vipsis is about truthful and truthfulness, and that is inside us, and it's connecting with that again. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's such a cool yeah. story. It is a cool they're, – they're we all have these really cool stories that we sit down and go – what's the story? And then there I am all by myself, you know, starting in a little room. I do massages during the day. And then we have meditation classes at night. You got to change the chairs out back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I think I was in that location for like a year. Then it was saying, you need a bigger space. And I go, really? Okay. So I, down the street where you met me, mm-hmm. I saw that space and I went in there going, this is a huge undertaking, right? I don't even have a business plan in place yet. None of all the things that we need to or should do. But I had a number in my head for what the uh, the rent and everything would be. It came in exactly at what I had in my mind. Really? Yeah. Bang on and go, well, now it comes down to now you decide. So the universe has given you what you asked for. Now you have to choose. Are you going to run or are you going to step into it? Mm-hmm. I stepped into it. And it was very hard at the beginning because, you know, to bring meditation into mainstream – in the in the very in just early 2000s you know it really wasn't here yet yeah. i mean yoga was just starting to explode really and people were linking meditation with yoga and yoga for me is moving meditation i'm also a yoga instructor um and is uh, where many people begin the meditation journey right mm-hmm. and so uh, not everyone starts by sitting and meditating there's they start with something to do with movement or they have a teacher like yourself in the end who, who ignites it, right? Like my therapist did. It's more than your physical fitness. There's more to you than that. You can't just do one. Yeah. You have to connect them all. Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s when you opened Verisys, what kind of people did you find that you were attracting that were interested in learning about meditation? And did that shift yeah, over the 20 yeah. years? It changed over the years because when people were awakened and they were seeking something. So in the very early, early stages, it was people who, interestingly, I met in the community. Many of them were arriving um, in recovery to some kind of loss, which made sense. Remember I said that kind of launched me onto this journey. Yeah. So it was a link of, of familiarity and support that's there. And then slowly people started coming because they were stressed and because their doctors yeah. told them to go. The mm. doctors go meditate. And again, not so much meditation online yet. But as we as I grew, the, the clients changed to more professionals, like CEOs, um, people in really high stress, big decision making jobs, and equally to the mom at home or the dad at home who want wanted their children to benefit from them being more peaceful and calm. Mm. So people today, I still hear, they go to meditation primarily to find relief from anxiety, yeah. from stress, to sleep better. 
These are the conditions, the symptoms that our body is having and giving us. And our doctor says, you need to, you need to calm down, go meditate. Mm -hmm. And that's different from someone like myself. who I went to meditation to grow spiritually. Yeah. Okay. But the result of that spiritual growth was feeling relaxed mm -hmm. and calmer and yeah. clearer. Two very different motives, but regardless yes. of where your starting point is, they're going to overlap at some point if you continue. All of them. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter where you come in at it. You will always end up where you need to be. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, again, for someone to walk into foreign territory and to begin trusting that, hey, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to, you know, transform something is usually because they're aware they have lost themselves to something external mm -hmm. or they feel lost. Yeah. And they're equally aware there's more to them. There's more to me than this. I need to find myself again. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably mm -hmm. what my motivation was, just feeling like lost and like yeah. there, was, there was more to me that I needed to connect to somehow and I didn't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so great, because that's me too. So maybe mm -hmm. that is the common reason yeah. when we look at it and go, the reason you came to meditation and this person came is there's something missing. Yeah. And it's reconnect you with what that is for you. Yeah. And then so on that same kind of idea, what do you think the biggest barrier or obstacle is to people meditating or getting started or exploring meditation? The biggest, well, in my teacher terms is it's always fear mm -hmm. but you don't know it's fear yet there's a fear of stepping into your greatness there's a fear that it'll hurt mm -hmm. be uncomfortable finding something you don't want to face yeah yeah and, and emotional pain i've worked with many men who have um gone through this huge transformation of being vulnerable and literally wanting crying crying their eyes out because of like their entire childhood was trying to heal itself through their adult male life and that was now impacting the way they were running businesses and things mm -hmm. we for whatever reason we don't want anyone to see us crying we see it as a weakness and it doesn't mean meditating will make you cry but it will bring out the stuff and now you feel vulnerable mm -hmm. because you're exposed and someone will see you especially in a classroom yeah now online at least you can you know push pause if it's a recording and you can take a moment i think it has its benefits but it's uh you just feel so exposed and you kind of have to go through that unraveling and for me to be the witness to that is is one of the greatest gifts because I see the transformation unfolding. Yeah. And that same person that walked in hesitant and frightened, you know, I'm just going to try one class or a little bit of this, has gone through and come out of this going, holy smokes, what a difference. When I have a guide, when I have some steps, yeah. when I don't feel so abandoned and alone, and we're back to what we talked about. When we feel abandoned or alone or rejected. Yeah. These are very hurtful energies that we all experience in different forms, but they can stop us from creating the new. If I'm so afraid of being rejected again, I'll never try again. But I need to heal the first rejection in order to continue. That must be the most, like similarly to the retreats for me, but it's sometimes a longer journey that you get to experience with those people. So more transformation and a bit of a deeper 
um, <clears throat> impact and like watching them grow for longer is incredible. It oh, must be so it's amazing. Indescribable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You just, just to see that. And yes. And I think it's really awesome that you're, you're taking the initiative to bring people together in and again the removing of people like a retreat as again we both do them is really stepping off the grid away from your everyday life and immersing yourself in a trusted environment yeah in order to evolve to heal to connect and to share and then when you leave that you kind of wonder oh my goodness right how could i ever have managed without this for so long yeah but beautiful things happen it is so different at the retreats. People seem to just show up open, like ready to share, ready to do the work, ready to nice. just be 100% vulnerable, which is not typically what you experience in your day-to-day life in the city. No. So it's like people have the time to mentally prepare. They know what they want to get out of it. They know what they need to do and like the fact that they need to get uncomfortable and they're they're prepared to do that. It's like day one, like people are just open with each other and it's mm-hmm. really cool to watch. It's very different. It also, it tells me that they're picking up on one of your strengths of trust, right? They feel safe and trust you. And because we need that, we need to know that the environment we're in is, as we say, safely grounded and where I, where I will feel comfortable, you know, letting go of some of this stuff that maybe in ordinary everyday life may have been met harshly with judgment or ridicule or rejection. Mm-hmm. So you as the facilitator have um, created that environment to, you know, that's what we do. We, and it takes a lot of work to do that. Maybe people don't always realize it, but it gets easier because it's a natural pull to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about meditating that I have noticed over the years, whichever practice you decide to pursue, okay, whatever speaks to your heart and soul, you, you we all come to a point where we, we meet I'm going to call it that big obstacle. And we want to reject that practice because, well, it's gone this way. It's no longer in alignment with where we are. Um, and so to that I say, of course, you want to use common sense and you want to maybe ask or talk to someone about what's coming up for you personally. But most practices, that is actually not the practice. It's you meeting up the little piece of yourself that needs to be nudged a bit more. It's the same with fitness. Just, you know, learning to push through, not the pain, but push through that little barrier in order to get to the next. So I encourage people not to abandon something simply because it got hard for a little while. Mm -hmm. What would that obstacle be when it's meditation? People feeling, um, again, it's fear-based. This is not for me. Mm. I feel I'm being exposed. I'm uncomfortable. I'm afraid. And that could be deeply seeded from something religious, something faith-connected, some old childhood wound of, you know, having been judged harshly. It can run quite deep. And so these are all very, um, like, things that fall in the realm of mental health, of course, but that is still energy carried in the heart. And so when something gets uncomfortable, I always say step back and connect with the discomfort ask for support elsewhere to see if you're on the right because you want to work intuitively with yourself but equally know that it you don't want to just abandon something because it got hard and move over to the next practice or this practice over here so people do they skip right so you're kind of trying things out or are you going to commit mm-hmm. if you want to commit make the commitment to that full weekend don't leave the retreat halfway through for example just because it got a little uncomfortable so that's a condensed version of it yeah why would someone leave 
it got just too emotionally difficult. Yeah. We need to support people through those um, and make sure they understand that they aren't alone. No one would ever do that to them. I think I was doing a lot of that before before I found meditation, I guess, like I had a hard time sticking with things. And I, I still took breaks. And even after I did the courses with you, like mm-hmm. haven't been as consistent as I would like to be, but like things I would always, I would do them for a while and then life would happen and then they'd get put on the back burner and then I'd try other things. And the two constants in my life over the last few years, especially, well, fitness for a lot of years was my, one of my go-to things Mm -hmm. but meditation and just journaling and connecting back to myself has been what's got me through all of this because that's that's what makes me feel like I'm me again we get distracted and we get into these dynamics and we get out of alignment with ourselves I feel like but we'll always come back at some point and so those things that can anchor us and bring us back sooner than later those are the important things yes that is your practice so and, and as you say, life happens and you get derailed. Happens to all of us. Happens to me. So in an ideal world, I'd say, yes, I meditate every day, da-da-da-da-da, and I do my yoga, and I do this, and I do that. Let's get real. Life throws you curveballs. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. But you can come back to what works for you. It's just uncovering the strength of what that is for yourself. As you say, you can pick up the journal and start writing, and you feel yourself getting in there again. Yeah. I always think it's funny like when people have these morning rituals and things they prescribe for people to do because I've never been able to (laughs) stick to any of those things and I'll I'll do it every few months and there was a period where like I would write them out every week this is going to be my morning ritual this week I'm going to do all these things because I know that they're good for me I'm going to do qigong and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to feel so good and I never do them and it seems like I just do what I need that day with the time that I have and that's just the best I've been able to do and I feel like Mm. there's always more that can be done but do you have a morning ritual that you follow or do you feel like there are certain things that you are able to be really consistent with or what does that look like for you? I can share that when I first started meditating, again, because of my linear upbringing, um, and maybe because intuitively I knew I had to do this. I needed to devote my morning to meditating. So that would be ritual. It would get up, and I would have a cup of coffee before I meditated. I like coffee, so maybe I'm a little jazzed up when I meditate. Some people <laughs> don't do that at all, but it worked for me. Yeah. So I have my cup of coffee, and I'm going to go into my quiet space. And I'm going to meditate, or as we say, run my energy. I did that for years, religiously. Like, literally. I don't think I I missed a single day. Um, But the world also unraveled in such a way that I could. Mm -hmm. How long would you sit for in those? Half an hour easily. Sometimes longer. But my, my world opened up that way. It doesn't always, it's not practical. Most people don't have that available to them. So we have to work with what works for me. And so now... My, I, I'm back to it again, but I like to say that my meditation bank account was very, very full from 20 years of meditating a lot. No doubt. So that I have my resources available to access that wisdom mm. and then return to it. So I grab moments during the afternoon where I will sit on the deck and that becomes my meditation. Mm-hmm. Because if you're busy, sometimes that's what you do. Yeah. Our meeting today was a little delayed. I'm going, yes. I get 10 minutes to meditate. That's so good. And I think that's you such see? a valuable way to spend that time because most of yes. us, like, oh, 10 minutes, that's fine. I'll sit and I'll scroll on social media and I'll read <laughs> whatever. But yeah, exactly. What a more well, valuable way to spend that time, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's because we don't yet maybe know that in closing our eyes and entering the silence, we're actually replenishing ourselves. We're mm. actually feeding our soul versus looking on the phone, social media, whatever we're doing. Because I do the same because it feeds me information. I'm not feeding my soul to access that information with clarity until yeah. I've meditated. So I think you were going to ask me, what is meditation? That's <laughs> such a big question. Um, for me, meditating really is sitting down, closing your eyes, and turning inwards. Okay? And it means um, shutting out the outside world while being aware of it. That is the primary meditation. And in this journey inward, we connect with ourselves as spirit first. Now, of course, there's other kinds of meditations. There's walking meditation, writing med There's so many. It's about almost a way of being. Mm -hmm. So I like saying when people ask me about meditation is meditating, meditation gives us the result of that quiet time and the transforming of our energy. So the result is I am clearer, I am calmer, I am more grounded, and I am more present. And so then I can make these decisions, and I can enjoy life just that much more. So many people are not even in their body. They're not even fully present. They're, they're over here, over there, their mind's scattered, I, I, and that was me. And you missed big chunks of your life. So And then, of course, there's beautiful relaxation meditation, which is just what it says. It's designed to relax us. It's to help me overcome physical discomfort or mental discomfort or something if I'm in the hospital that I can receive some support with. Uh, a little time to escape the pain that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people think meditating is escapism. It is not. When you turn inward, you're the actually opposite. moving through. Yeah. yeah. You're not leaving and pretending it's happening. You're actually working through the turmoil within. So the outer world is less tumultuous. Mm, that's so good. And I love mm. that idea of kind of just fitting it into pockets of your day. And if you're having a hard time committing to a morning yeah. or an evening, you know, practice every day, just taking that 15 minutes when you're, yep. you have it available to you, whatever that looks like and connecting inward instead of looking for that external validation that we're so used to. Oh yeah. And you know, it's, you know, asking us to sit down and meditate for half an hour when you're new, that's rarely going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes another thing for you to do. And another thing that feels like a failure because you couldn't do it. Yeah. So you discard it. So that's just like a setup for disappointment is make it doable. Sit down for five minutes. Who cares if your eyes aren't closed? Just sit down and sit still. Mm. Not because you're waiting for something, but you set up that time. And this slowly, slowly builds. Yeah. And after a while you can sit and then your eyes close and then you begin to grow. And then usually a teacher presents themselves. It is crazy how once you start, it's like <laughs> something else pops up and something else pops up and you meet the right person. You get connected to someone yes. else. It's like this crazy like pathway of just like the right person at the right time over and over and over and over. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's a huge validation to what you're doing mm -hmm. when that starts to happen. You just like the gates have opened. Yeah. And the synchronicity is, is, it was always there, but you couldn't see it or connect with it. Yeah. Because you're all like, mm. Yeah. I had been living in Vancouver before I lived in Port Moody and I was, had started dabbling in this type of things. I had done, done a couple workshops, showed up at a couple drop-in meditations, and then I just happened to move across the street <laughs> from your center. And one day I was like, 
oh my gosh, it's right there. That's the next yeah. place I need to go to, obviously. And started looking at the programs that you were offering. And I'm like, this is exactly what I need right now. Actually, I was yeah. like, the second one is exactly what I would need right now. And I tried to skip level one and you were like, no. <laughs> no, you have to do it anyways. Like, okay. And you did it though, right? Yeah. And it like, was so worth it. Yeah. And, and once you understood it, it wasn't about being a level because that's just how I set it up. So it's progressive. Yeah. But even when we hear the word level, we know we already meditate. So we likely don't need it. Mm -hmm. But even, even I go, oh, just to start at the beginning again from where I am today. Yeah. I would love to do it again. Oh my gosh, right? The house has been cleaned. Yeah. So let's see how I experience this from who I am today. Yeah. I say that about the retreats that I've been doing as well, because I'm doing them over and over now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even if it's only been two months, it's like I've gone through two months more experiences and I've reflected yeah. and I take something different away from it every single time. And I have people that are doing them like, you're yearly now and it's like they've grown nice. so much in that year that it's a completely different experience every time so I think that that is a good reminder that like we can always revisit and it's never going to be the same experience yeah because yeah. yeah. you keep growing because you know you know we all know how did I not hear that before right I could say it's the same course I'm teaching it's pretty much the same thing yeah. but it's never exactly the same no and the group and the dynamic is so different every time I find that it completely changes yeah. the experience and the conversation right Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, so much so, yeah. So it's so exciting to see you implementing your consciousness as spirit into further developing and evolving other souls. I'm so delighted with that in you. Thank it's you. so great. Well, I'm so thankful that we were connected at the time that we met and that I was able to learn all of the things that I learned from you. And I, I so enjoyed those experiences. What has it been like for you to see Vancouver or the Lower Mainland as a city kind of evolve into this like new kind of spirituality? Like I feel like spirituality is a big, I don't want to call it a fad, but I feel like it's been adopted as an identity for a lot of people. And I, I've started to hear the buzzword toxic spirituality where people are kind of taking bits and pieces but not really living it. Have you seen any of that or what has the evolution been kind of as a city? Yeah. I have seen it, um, and you know, the, when I first started seeing it, I became quite alarmed at it, and da -da 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 -da, there's a funny thing, our ego kicks in, and yeah. starts to judge, and I go, oh, I better clean that up, so it's looking inward. It's about recognizing that everyone is exactly where they need to be, mm. um, and, and there is still a desire to want to be more spiritual. I think back to when I first started, and I just wanted everybody to know everything that I was learning, Yeah. Okay? And there's this, and there's this, and it's this chakra or that chakra, mm -hmm. and you need this stone and this stuff, and you're like, okay, it's super overwhelming. But it's, I like to focus on the excitement that person has, mm -hmm. and then leave the space for all of that to unfold. We'll all sort it out. Yeah. Uh, curiosity is part of creativity. I think if it's going to be toxic spirituality, my concern would be if it in any way knowingly causing harm to mm -hmm. the development of a soul and that has also been around for a long time but now it's new for someone they'll emerge from that and become who they need to be based on all of their life experiences I think that is a pattern that a lot of people that I've spoken to recognize too it's like when you start your journey and then you get really really excited about it and then you want to educate everybody around you and you want to drag everybody on your journey and make everybody care about it as much as 
you do and that obviously doesn't always happen and just kind of I guess if you're watching someone else go through that holding space for that and just trusting that they'll they'll figure that out but when when Mm -hmm. it's you and I've been there too I'm sure lots of people have it's frustrating that people don't want to be on your exact same path as you (laughs) well because it's working so well for you we have to remember that when something works really well for us we want to share it yeah and, and then and sometimes we can't see that other people are okay with where they're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's never going to stop. So I focus again on, I celebrate their excitement and curiosity. You know what? We're all in, in this for, like, not in a selfish way, but to really evolve. When I evolve, my family evolves knowingly and unknowingly, just because it's beside me. The people I'm around begin to evolve mm. with me. When they do that, I do that. So when someone gets a lesson, I rejoice because it's me getting the lesson again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I hadn't heard that spirituality was a big buzzword in, in Vancouver now, I guess, because I left. <laughs> is there a sense that perhaps there is an ulterior motive underneath it? It's talking about kind of a group mind mentality that starts to grow and people get into it because they want to be part of that. It's part of yeah. that, hey, it's happening, you know. And and everybody just seems like they want to be the most enlightened one. Like that's oh. almost the feeling. It's like. Yeah. Well, that we know is the ego. Mm-hmm. And so it's also part of our journey. And um, I, I've said to people, I don't ever, ever think I am more enlightened than, you know, anybody I meet in the street. Who the heck am I? to say that all I know is what I have devoted my life to studying and teaching and doing but a willingness to connect with someone with where they're at so they can teach me is really important you know you can feel like an outsider to something because you see it differently Mm -hmm. and so it brings us back again to feeling different from and alone and I don't fit in and those are common reasons people again start to meditate my sense of I want to belong, I want to be accepted and appreciated, and I want to be acknowledged. Mm. Oh, heavens, who doesn't? Who doesn't um, value an acknowledgement from someone? So, you know, if you're on the outside of that looking in, it is really important to return to your trusting inner self and nourish yourself and value those who support you with where you're at. Yeah. The aloneness, I like that because I think when I first started on my journey and then I realized that there was a community of people, like-minded people, that was really exciting to me. And then I have moments where I feel like it's all too much. Like I just feel like I, I'm myself, but I like to practice these things and feel the best that I can, but I don't want to change my identity and feel mm-hmm. like I'm chasing like a trophy of enlightenment or anything like yeah. that. And I still want to stay true to myself I guess so then Mm -hmm. I start to feel alone again because it's like well I feel like there's a lot of people that are chasing something and I don't really want to chase a different identity I just want to still be myself but enjoy these things that would probably be as close to enlightenment as I could consider it to be what you just described be true to yourself I'm not chasing something somebody else is chasing Mm. I'm looking within myself I continue to find fulfillment in my own journey while being connected to others because you don't want to disconnect too much but that process of feeling alone and lonely is very common on this journey and again because we don't want to be alone we tend to connect with perhaps groups that maybe aren't in our best interest yeah just because it's something to fill that ache which is by the way loss and grief 
Yeah, it's interesting when you are in and amongst the spiritual world, sometimes, at least from my experience, it starts to feel like an all or nothing. Like, to use an example, mm. I, you know, people know that I like to meditate and this and that. And then I, I'll share a meme on social media that, you know, is a bit of dark humor. And I've had someone come to me in the past and be like, well, what are you doing? Why are you being so negative? Like, I thought that you were trying to be spiritual and that's not spiritual. And it's like, that to me was like very a confusing experience because I'm like, well, I'm still myself. I still have a sense of humor. I can still appreciate what makes me me and also still try and be a better version and interested in self-improvement. So it was a, a series of experiences like that within the city that had me feeling like confused. Like, well, is this, I'm still going to be myself. That doesn't mean that I can't do certain things. Like it doesn't feel like to me it should be all or nothing. So that speaks to the the spiritual teacher who people unknowingly or even knowingly bring an expectation for you to be a certain way. And that can get so shattered so quickly when you swear. Like I, I use the F-bomb frequently when I teach. I'm sure you were in one of the classes because I'm comfortable using it. Um, Which but is probably it why that. I enjoyed myself so much there. <laughs> like, yeah, is that, is is that I am human and I'm living a human life mm-hmm. and in spiritual. I don't don't please don't put me on some pedestal where I'm supposed to be like godlike or something. I am an individual who has incarnated to create a spiritual path that she is sharing through the method of actually teaching and in healing and reading whatever it is I'm doing. But, you know, the minute you, you put me there, and, and in your case is where um, if I've done something and I feel harshly judged, I, I always look and say, okay, is this a painful memory from the past? What are my values? Who am I? And what am I going to do? And if they don't fit with that, then that's theirs. But it becomes dangerous because, you know, this is a client this or a potential client, and this client can tell this client, and then we feel like we have to start acting a certain way. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us back to why we started meditating. Mm-hmm. Is I, I want to be true to myself. I would like to be accepted for who I am. I realize not everyone will like me or accept me. And to have that kind of authentic power that somebody may not like you the way you are, that's what we call enlightenment and evolving is not worrying so much about what they're going to say or do yeah um, oh i really but like certainly that. being aware that they were hurt by what was done right yeah. or you have to connect with what their feelings were as well yeah and that's hard to navigate isn't it as a business owner <sighs> it's quite exhausting <laughs> <laughs> how have you learned to navigate that especially as someone who's in the spiritual niche like in your business yeah. is is something so unique and people have an expectation usually probably when they seek I I have learned to I I, I quietly see them and love them for who they are not who I want them to be Mm -hmm. by doing by giving them that accepting them for who they are then it leaves room for them to begin to accept me and I'm still authentic as you are authentic and and I lost a lot of clients over the years and friends because I stopped playing the game Mm. You know, because the game continues with people when they, uh, you know, when people try to create in your space or they put you on the spot or they're confrontational or they publicly shame you. They don't even know they're doing it. It's just their pattern. And I'm now aware, oh, this is so not my stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, this is none of my stuff. And I witness other people waiting for me to react Mm -hmm. versus respond. And 
so I, I've learned to just let it be if you ignore it. it. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Just people passing around the hot potato. Yeah. That resonates a lot. What do you mean when you say create in your space? Creating in your space is when what you've just described is you, you post a meme or something or you or you say something or yourself. You are yourself. Um, but somebody else doesn't like this part of you. So they want to create in your space to make you who they want you to be. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's done all all the time. I know the word might be projecting. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't recognize this as unfolding, you can easily get caught into starting to live your life for them, not right. yourself. Interesting. Yeah, but it's it's about learning in what areas are you most vulnerable because sometimes someone can do something that can mean nothing to you. But mm -hmm. other times you're like, this is not what I want to do, but I feel obligated to continue. We get to guilt, we get to shame, right? These games go on all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you stop playing the games, when you step out of that, you are seen as perhaps disconnected or different or uncaring. Mm -hmm. All of these negative labels are put on you. So you have to be confident with yourself and know that you are none of those and that you see things a different way, which aren't better or right. They're just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge too. It's always yeah. a matter of everyone trying to be right and prove everyone else wrong, especially right now in the world it feels like. And there's a lack of understanding that there's – no right there's no wrong everyone's just figuring things out the best they can yeah. right and we all have different perspectives different experiences yeah. and that's it there's so much fear right now mm -hmm. it's really boiling down to i'm afraid of what will happen if i don't do this or you should do that or you should do that can't you see what i see and it's all fueled by fear opposed to love and trust mm -hmm. and we need to return to that we need to return to those those parts in ourselves that we're trusting before we were betrayed or rejected or all of that, mm -hmm. um, before we started learning what fear was, we want to return to the trust we were born with. Yeah. And that's really what you're doing at your retreats. It's what I'm teaching. It's about getting people back to trust, getting them to trust themselves again, trust other people. And you might get hurt again, but you're at least coming from a place of love and trust. Yeah. Okay, I have one other question for you. Um, you mentioned earlier having a dream and then trusting the message that you received from that dream. Is that something that you do often? Like, do you pay close attention to your dreams or what is your perspective on what dreams mean for us? Okay, so there's dreams that you have when you're sleeping. There's the dream you have to create something in your life, okay? So the dream I'm talking about would be like a vision. And yes, I place great value on my dreams. So the dream I had was in a sleep state, mm. and it was also um, combined with a vision through meditation. So it came to hand in hand to reinforce it. So I don't remember many of my dreams. A lot of people remember them all, which is awesome, right? This is a great way to link your, your spiritual path. So when I do have a dream, I, I, I pay attention to it. And this particular dream, I, I shared it on social media. I just It just felt important to share at the beginning of COVID, when I was making this decision, which has appeared very quickly to other people, in the dream I was standing on a sandy, sandy beach with my back to the waves and the water. So I like to call it Maui. It was someplace warm and beautiful. And um, my husband was sort of, he's always in my dreams somewhere, way out in the corner somewhere. It's kind of interesting. And along the beach are all these people, like 
hundreds of people, and they're all wearing white, right? And white symbolizes purity, you know, innocence, wisdom even. And so my back is to the water, and every person on the beach suddenly got huge eyes, but no one said anything. And I looked at them, and I said, oh, this is going to be big, isn't it? And I knew there was a giant tsunami coming. So I turned around, and I said, all right, I'm ready for you. So the tsunami came and took me out to this ocean, right? I went deep, 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 and I won't get too much into my journey into that. But I was down there a long time in the dream. Mm. Um, and I came back, and I remember um, in the dream, I came out, I sort of like was sort of spit out by a gentle wave as we wear when you go body surfing and stuff. And I stood up and everybody was still standing on this beach. It had been a long, long, long time. And they got soaked with this huge wave that was there earlier and been standing there all wet. And I looked at them, I said, oh, I guess we all needed a really good cleanse. And then everybody started laughing. But in the dream, I knew that I was be, would be pulled out on deeper journey for myself that I was going away for a while and I had some deep stuff to do mm. and, I, and I saw the number 2023 20, come through it's pretty much I said okay this is what it's going to be and we're going to be okay was the other big part of the message yeah. so this is my interpretation someone else might say blah, 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 right you know in my meditation it was this is the time to act this is when you do this because in my meditation, I can clear my, my mind of all the things that need to be done, all that stuff that we all have. And when I sit in that space, my intuition is, is much clearer, my wisdom is much yeah. clearer, and I, I connect with knowing what to do. Do you often find that if you do remember your dreams, that it will come up in your meditation, like they will be linked like that? Yes. Because, as I say, I don't remember a lot of my dreams. Mm -hmm. Um. I have probably more visions than I have dreams. Okay. So I see things and I'll go, oh, and usually go, oh, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Everybody else goes, and the only would have, what does this mean? What does it mean? Now I just go, oh, okay. And I know, though, that I'll understand it when I need to understand it. Mm, interesting. It'll make sense all of a sudden. I'll go, oh, like someone, I might talk to you, but you might say, blah, 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 blah. I'll go, oh, that's what that meant. Mm, that's okay? cool. And we yeah. get the puzzle pieces together. That's cool. I ask that because often I don't remember my dreams, but the next night when I go to lie down and I almost get into a meditative state, like right before you fall asleep, yeah, then I remember my dreams from the night before, and I always wonder why that is. It's when you're listening still, yeah. So you might want to write them down before you fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Once you're not so tired anymore, you'll be able to. Okay, I'll write this down. But it's still about the information coming to you on a soul level. You're you're receiving guidance and direction through your dreams. I had one dream. That I had like over and over again. I'm sure there's people that have this repeat dreams. I know they mm -hmm. do. And you're like, oh my God. So when I started my spiritual journey in the late 90s, I started having this dream where I was jumping from rooftop to rooftop because I was um, running from some really dark thing. I don't even know what it was, but I was terrified in my dream. Um, and, you know, my, my loving husband, he said he, I would be apparently screaming in my sleep, so he'd wake me up. And I think after about the third or fourth time, I said, okay, you need to not wake me up. I would like to finish I think I've heard journey. you tell this story before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I'm, and, and so it wasn't until he, so I told him, just put your arm on me, let me know you're there, which is why he's usually my dreams nearby. Right? Yeah. Just, you know, someone's there. And he says, 
in the dream is it was the time that I stopped and I turned around and I confronted it. I don't mm. even know what it was. It was just a dark mass and my lessons, the dream stopped because I faced it. Now. Yeah. Okay. So the message was confront your fears. Yeah. Don't run. One of the courses you were in, right? Confront your fears, be ready to confront them. And then the healing starts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I hope that helps someone out there. <laughs> yeah. I remember you telling that story. It stuck with me. I remember you saying, Asking him not to wake you up so that you could get to the bottom of it. Please, please let me finish. Yeah. <laughs> does your husband meditate? No, not at all. But really? he does fish. <laughs> and if you've ever gone fishing, it's for me incredibly boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you just bob it around on a boat. Yeah. And he goes, but it's very meditative for me, and I could see that because you know you're in nature and you're you're yeah. connected to the stillness. So that's probably his spiritual house. I thought, I wasn't sure, but I thought you'd either say that he's like big into meditation or that he's never meditates. No. And that's <laughs> another thing on this journey with spiritual uh, people want, they, you know, they would like very much to have something in common they could share with their partner, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd be on the same page. You know, I have manifested <laughs> somebody who does not get anything that I do, but we, <laughs> he, he does understand and respect and has a lot of love. Yeah. So when you have respect and love for yourself, then you have that for another person. Mm. I mean, you, you leave room for them to do it. I've got my buffalo drum here, and my spirit drum, and my chakra bowls. <laughs> just okay. He goes, go play your chakras or your drums or something, and he's being humorous, but he knows it fuels me. Yeah. And maybe that's what matters, right? Like fishing fuels him. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. Yeah. So you don't need to have a partner that's on the same page with you. Yeah. Which you really don't. Important to realize because I think a lot of mm -hmm. people are out there searching for someone exactly like them with the same yeah. interests nope. as them. Yeah. You no, know, it doesn't need to be there at all, right? You just have to have some commonalities in your heart. Um, again, I come back to respect and love and integrity. Um, those will carry you through so that they have room to do what they want to do. Um you know, even if they do something that you maybe don't agree with, that maybe wouldn't be anything you would ever do. It's about respecting that's what they do, as long as it's not illegal kind of thing, all that stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Something that, th that, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. It's acceptance. Accepting, mm -hmm. accepting someone for who they are. So, so it would be really awesome to see some of you to meditate online with me. I'd like to invite people in to, I do live classes twice a week on Sunday mornings and Tuesday nights. Um, Sunday morning. Using Zoom, okay. virtual classes, which is a great way to meet a community of people. Or if you're really shy, which a lot of people are, maybe they just want to listen and get a feel for somebody's voice. I've also created a whole bunch of um, recorded classes that can take you through just a single class to a course if you so desire. Okay, good. I was going to ask that. So where do they find you or where do they find that? Are you on social media or is it just the website for Veracius? Just so I am on social media. Um, I'm going to be getting a little bit more into that. As I said, I'm sort of still in that dream where I've been removed for a while. and I'm going, okay, it's time to start emerging again. Mm -hmm. But the website veracies.ca has also links to the online meditation, which is when you hit sign in. Anything, as I say, from a single class to full moon classes to courses, the power of awareness, huge course that you can do on demand now. Or wait till I do a live course. But on demand, it's been working. People will be coming back going, wow, okay, I can do this on my own and have these tools available to me to continue with my life. Oh, that's great. And that's huge because it's hard to create online resources like that that people still 
feel like are really valuable. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I'll put the website in the episode notes so people can find you and follow you and do some meditations and maybe I'll see. I need to Very get back awesome. on too. Keep doing what you're doing. Follow follow that intuitive hit. Um, I, I can't say enough about that. It's been an absolute pleasure watching you grow on social media. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. You too. And I'd love to see that you are doing so well in the online sphere because it's not easy to do. So congratulations for the Well thank you. Okay, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and found it valuable. And definitely make sure that you check out Verisys and try a meditation with Regina. If you have any questions about any of the things that we talked about on this episode, feel free to reach out to myself, reach out to Regina. I will share her links down below in the episode notes, and I'm sure both of us would be more than happy to answer any questions or chat about meditation or anything else. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. See ya.